0: hello and uh welcome to another episode of jackson talks everybody um with me your host jackson stone and uh today i'm joined by uh, another like super world traveled extremely accomplished professional wrestler um but also like a bunch of other things that she's really interested in and i'm excited to uh i think we've known each other for a little bit but we're like we don't really know each other that well so i'm excited to like link up and connect and get to know her a little bit better but uh from what I know, she's like an all-around badass. Um, and uh, this is actually the first episode that I've ever worn a sleeveless shirt because I knew that you were gonna wear a sleeveless shirt.
1: Yes.
0: And, and like your your traps are like mad tight and like and your deltoids are like really nice. So I just wanted to like join that party. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm pumped to uh, have a solo darling on this episode today.
1: Hello, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited for the sleeveless. I think we should all just move towards a sleeveless life. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever seen you wear sleeves.
1: I had to for training the other day, and I was like, I was really perplexed by the entire situation. <laughs> like, it was really hard, and also I had to dig through like bags of clothes I don't wear to see if I had sleeves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just you felt a little confined, I bet for sure.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I wear a small or extra small in shirts, but like I can't if they have sleeves. So <laughs> it's, it's a strange uh, proportion we got going on here. So they just get cut. That's all. But like I found one shirt that had sleeves on it. So it was OK for training.
0: Are You've become probably like a master of <laughs> being able to cut the sleeves off your shirts.
1: Yes, I think so. I think I've cut enough shirts Uh, Where I am now, a master at it. It's like a really quick way to do it too. If you line up all the points and fold it in half, because I used to just do it like individual sleeves, and then like they're uneven. Yeah. But got it on. Got it on lock now. I could do it if I'm running late, and I'm
0: good. I'm I'm very impressed by that because I I made some. I was trying to make some jorts the other day. Like I was just trying (laughs) to cut cut some jeans in half, and it just looked like a shark like bit half of my (laughs) pants off, and it was like there was like stuff like things everywhere and i was like maybe this looks cooler because it's like jorts and i like made them at home (laughs) or or maybe it looks like absolute fucking garbage (laughs) i don't know but you know i try
1: yeah shorts cutting shorts is a whole other story though like it's really difficult to like make sure all the seams are in line like i try to do that with a pair of velour sweatpants that i had Mm. bought that i was just never gonna wear because they weren't the right size but they're so pretty. So I was like, all right, I'll make shorts because that's cute. Yeah. And then trying to cut them and, like, the material kind of goes up sometimes. And then you're just cutting uneven and you don't know it. It's it, That's trouble. I give you mad props for cutting the jorts. <laughs> I, mean,
0: I feel like they came out all right. You know, I wore them that night and I got, you know, no one gave me, like, a weird look. So I feel like that's I was, up, yeah, I was pumped about it. Yeah. Um. Uh. But, yeah, so, like, um on this show, we usually start with, like, a really – uh basic question but i think it has a lot of value and significance um to like overall human existence to like opening up conversations and like making people feel more welcome um so i'm going to ask you this question uh and i hope you answer it honestly um but uh how are you doing like for real
1: i think overall i'm doing good yeah uh yeah i think it's it's such a whirlwind of emotion that I kind of wake up every morning and, like, I just think about that choice. And, like, I I read into where my body's at. I check into where my soul is at. And it's like, okay, I could take this day and I could focus on that negative, right? Like, oh, I'm not wrestling as much as I want or all those things. Or it's like, this is a great day. Like, I was given another day. I did wrestle yesterday. I've got all my animals on me. And so, like, I just try to refocus every morning on... All of the good that's going on, at least to give you a head start before everything else starts to pop off, you know, and then life starts to happen and you go on social media for three seconds and want to set it on fire. So I think like in general, there's always going to be like things ready and up in arms to take your day, but it's your day you have the opportunity to make it all good. I like living, so.
0: Yes, that's brilliant. (laughs) Um, But you did wrestle yesterday. I uh, did. What's, what's today's date? Today is the 24th of 24th. August. yeah. So you wrestled yesterday on the 23rd for the first time since March?
1: March. It was a tag match. This was our last match, yeah, at primetime. And I was, I was trying to clock back as to how far it had been since I wrestled. I was like, uh. And I wrestled Pinky for Beyond. And uh, it was a really fun show. And he knew I hadn't wrestled since, like, March 2, so he's like, we'll just have fun out there. And, like, he's kind of, like, a big brother to me. We don't, like, say it. It's not, like, a thing we play up on social media, but I've known him for so long that, like, he knew me before I had the tail. Like, just in traveling and just being in Florida and stuff. So we had all this familiarity, but we've never been in the ring together. So it was really like, oh, we could just... You want to just do some stuff on the floor outside on the pier? Like, yes, I do. And then this morning I was like, oh, my God, I forgot.
0: <laughs> like what, what kind oh. of um, – what's out there? Is it just like the, pier, the like a concrete boardwalk. pier, just, boardwalk floor?
1: Yep. Yeah, I wanted to get thrown off the pier because the tide was high, but uh, we didn't get to do that.
0: So. Oh, that would have been hella cool.
1: Yeah, I figured – so there's a couple of things I like to do um in within my arsenal where it's like I have a tornado snap suplex I really like and I like to do this like parkour bulldog where I'll run up something and we turn and go and I was thinking I didn't know how the railing was at the pier or what that was like so I was like well if he doesn't want to just throw me I could go to do something he could reverse it help me off or I was like if he wants to do it with me like a double down I could do the suplex because the suplex, if I go up and around something on the outside, I usually take I go with them. So it would have been like both of us doing the suplex off the pier, like and I would have just gone in with him, but I was like, maybe next time. I'll oh, just plant that seed in everyone's head and I'll be like, Maybe they'll let me do it
0: next time. I'm or, so glad. <laughs> yeah. This is like a real this is like a real thing that you considered doing. This is amazing.
1: I love it. I love goofy shit so much. Just oh my god so we we were talking about outside stuff i was like well i could do that so we wound up doing like the bulldog where i run up the post um i've done that off the apron on the post to like through a door before like i just like doing i try to take your stuff that's like kind of signature to you and then like make it goofy and fall through something or break something or whatever it's great (laughs)
0: yeah
1: yeah
0: (laughs) um were you able to like get in a ring like obviously not having a real match but get in a ring before yesterday
1: a little bit uh i did a little bit of coaching a while ago but like my schedule got really busy so i couldn't really do the i couldn't do the whole 7 weeks um but basic beginner stuff with some kids and then i got in a ring this past week to just like just move a little bit do some rolls run some ropes I don't run the ropes often at Beyond because they're so tall.
0: Mm, They are.
1: Uh, I've hit my head enough where I I fall through and smack my head because I can't. Oh, wow. It's up here for me. So I try to run the middle. So I'll do, like, I don't mind doing rope stuff. Like, I like it. But it's hard when I have to, like, hit the middle because I'm not used to it. So I'll do, like, kicks and then run off the middle to do a power or something and knock them down or whatever. But I won't, like you know, crisscross off the middle or anything like that.
0: But Wow. I never thought about that, right? Obviously, because it doesn't, like, personally affect me, so it's not something I would think about.
1: Oh, yeah. I learned the hard way live on a show. I ran the ropes early, early on in my beyond days and slipped underneath and hit my head, and I was like, and that was embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) That was not cute. (laughs) So... (laughs) I try not to. It is cool that they're taller, though, for, like, escaleras and the top rope moves are a little scarier. And, like, I like that feeling. So, like, that's cool.
0: You don't have a fear of heights. I do. You do have a fear of heights.
1: Totally. But it's, like, you still, like, want that. It's, like, why people do haunted houses, right? Like, you still, like, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, masochistic or something. Like, you want to have that feeling of, like, (gasps) and then you do it. And you're, like, that was so cool. Hmm. But, but it kind of feels like death when you're up there. And then you're like, oh, okay, it's fine.
0: Do you watch scary movies?
1: I used to, a lot.
0: You like them? Like, you enjoy them? Or they actually scare you, but you still like them because they scare you?
1: A little of all of it. I stopped the last five or so years where it's like, I don't know what changed in my dreams. Because I can, like, lucid dream. And, like, dreams are real big for me. And they just started to get real wild and I couldn't manage them. And I was like, I can't, I don't think I can watch scary movies for a while. Like, I think I'm done unless they're classics that I know or that I've already seen a million times or, you know, something like that, like a cult classic or, you know, trauma movies or something ridiculous. I stopped being able to watch stuff that was like coming out new because I was like legitimately feeling scared about it. I don't know. I was like, oh, I don't like how that feels. (laughs) Uh. But. I'll go to like haunted houses and stuff at amusement parks all like all the time. Like that's really crazy. Or when they do like zombie chases and stuff, like, oh I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> are you are you prepared if we get attacked by zombies?
1: Probably. There's a good chance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I'm not saying I won't accrue injury. Like, I don't know. It depends on like it depends on, like, where we're at. But I know when it comes down to it, where that fiber is, like, it's me or you, like, it, I'm living. For sure. <laughs> Especially if it's, like, if my animals are in danger or, like, my family, then it's, like, nope. Like, I don't care. Then I'll go. I'll grab something. Like, double tap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Speaking of animals, how many animals do you have?
1: Mm, I have six right now. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I think it's the, almost the least amount of animals I've had since I was, like, 15.
0: And they all just live with you?
1: Yeah, two dogs, that's, four cats. That's so cool. Yeah, they're, like, all passed out right now. Like, some of them look like they're trying to cause trouble, but... Buster and Marshall like to pick on Dexter, who's my oldest... Dexter's like sixteen. He's from the original litter I had. Wow. Yeah, and the dogs. I, Magnum's passed out from yesterday because he hasn't been to a show since March. And so like, he was
0: he was fired up.
1: He was fired up. He was like still really like so when he doesn't do it for a while he re- he forgets he's a wrestler. <laughs> 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 and like. Yo, he forgot he was a dog for a long time. Like, when we were really popping off, it was, like, four or five shows a week, and we were going. He didn't remember he was a dog until I got Loki. (laughs) And Loki was like, why are you not barking at these people? They're making sounds. They're clapping. Like, we need to stop this. And he's like, what? This is, like, what I do. So then he was getting nervous going out, and then he was good again, because I was like, "All right, Loki, you need to chill home. He's still in training. But, like, I should have told them to, like, pick him up because it's been such a long time. Because usually he'll walk out to the ring with me, goes around, goes up, goes on the apron, makes his, like, little... Gets his pets in, sits, we do the whole entrance, and then he, like, leaves. He knows, but he wasn't coming out with me. Because, you know, he was possessed by Team Pazuzu. Mm. So he comes out and he was like... (laughs) And, like, tries to, like, veer off. I was like, holy, shake him up. He doesn't know. It's like he couldn't see me being so far. And I was like, poor thing. My little devil dog decided he was shy again.
0: He got possessed. (laughs) Amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's a little devil dog. But, he like, as soon as we got into the area that was wrestling area, where it's, like, that bubble with the locker room and everything... He was just like wagging his tail. So I let him off the leash because he just does his own thing and says hi to everyone. And like he makes his own rounds. Like he had, I feel like in his mind, he's like, oh, cool. Let me go check out this person. And like just does his own little thing. It's very cute. It's very cute. But now he's like super tired.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> he's taking a little take and getting some Z's back, you know? He doesn't know when he's going to get the chance to wrestle again. So, you know?
1: Right. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, man, that was work we were out all day too did the boardwalk ate some grilled chicken you know
0: that's what's up
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um speaking of indie wrestling uh we'll, we'll briefly touch on this and then we'll get into some other stuff but uh a lot has been going on in the world of indie wrestling obviously we got shut down for a bit um and then we had the speaking out movement which is like pretty incredible stuff there um And uh, yeah, so I mean, what's your what's your take on it? What's your what do you think the current climate is? How are people feeling? What do you think needs to happen? How did you take it? I mean, I know you're personally affected as well by it, so.
1: Yeah, Um, it was very overwhelming and I could feel like it felt like bricks reading tweets and it was just like bricks over your soul. That's what it felt like. There was just like a pressure in my chest. And I kept trying to like sift through to find, you know, the story, the people that were speaking out. Um, My first reaction was like, okay, let me reach out to them and make sure they're okay. Or they're probably getting bombarded depending on the situation. So like, what's happening to the people that are getting quote unquote canceled? Like, and then, then someone told my story inaccurately without my permission. For clout because they have a grudge against Mike it was my story and it wasn't accurate so it's like people were then taking other stories and it's like it it felt very like not only is it the weight of knowing that your sisters and your brothers had these things happen to them and you didn't know and that feels that, that feels tragic, right, in ways, because you're like, I, I didn't know I could have helped, or you feel that automatic I could have helped, when maybe you really couldn't have, or you weren't even in the same state, but it just feels like, man, I'm, I'm right here, so you feel that weight, and that, that bit of guilt, and then you see other people taking other stories, and like, just chiming in, because they have a grudge with someone, or they want to set fire to something, and I, I felt like the climate quickly became very toxic, um, very negative, and it seemed like Uh it it seemed to show an entire lack of empathy. And Mm -hmm. it takes so much to come out and share your story that it really needed air and respect. But it also takes a lot to be the person being spoken about. And we've all made we've all made mistakes and we've all messed up and we've all done things we're not proud of. Mm -hmm. We're we're human beings and i just thought that there would be more empathy for the people that literally hours minutes seconds before the story came out whatever it was these people were like i love so and so i just, you know they got merch they got posters they're fans of them they're their brothers they're their best friends they're their sisters right like these people had networks these people had support right they had families, friends, they're living beings that we've wrestled with, mm-hmm. that we've sweat with, we've bled with them, we've been on journeys with them, and they've, they have messed up. And maybe they didn't mess up 100% to the way it was portrayed in some instances. Maybe it was 100%, like, but without hearing that side, and then just the fire that was shot at them, uh, to me, it, it hurt as a survivor. Because as a survivor of things like that were mentioned, right, I, I have survived domestic violence and sexual assaults on several occasions and rape. I don't want those people, the, you know, the people that have affected me that way to hurt anymore. They're already hurt. That's why they're hurting. That's why they're, there's a chain of hurt. If they weren't, traumatized or had something that needed like mental health help, right? That they needed help with, or something happened to them that has made them feel like that behavior is okay. We don't know the level of pain and suffering they're going through that's causing this cycle, this repetition, or that's leading them to feel like that this is the way that you act appropriately. We just set them on fire and cast them out. That doesn't help that person at all. That disconnect from our people and that further loneliness that we're creating amongst each other, it was so vicious. Uh, I think that hurt the most. No one wanted to listen to anyone. People did make genuine apologies. People are genuinely trying to get better because they weren't aware or they needed this wake up call or they needed to hit rock bottom. They needed COVID to stop wrestling so that everyone had a second to stop and say, this affected me and you did that and that wasn't okay. But all of that, I feel, should have been handled way better and with so much more care. Because if we really care about our wrestling community, and we care about each other, like we need to get them help, not cast them to another society that's just going to cast them out so that they continue their patterns and don't get a shot at a real, fulfilling, enrichment enriching life. You know, I don't know. It was a. It's a very Weighted topic, I feel you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's extremely delicate, um, um, and like because the way it's it's kind of approached when things like that happen, when really tough situations are presented, the first thing we want to do is just tell someone to fuck off who did the mistake, right? Yeah, like it, and that's. That's not like the whole reason they did these awful, terrible things is because they're redistributing their pain. Right. Yeah. So, so telling them someone then to fuck off is just not, it's not going to, it's just going to get them maybe out of your little inner circle, but they're still going to do it to someone else. Maybe, you know, and that's still not what we want. Even if I don't know a person and they live halfway across the globe, I don't want them to ever feel the way that some of these people in the speaking out movement have felt. Right. So we, so what do you think is like the approach on like how to like stop that redistribution of pain onto someone from someone who is like already hurting but like done some some bad stuff?
1: I think it's important to act and lead with empathy. And I mean, I mean true empathy. I think it it, it forced me. feeling everyone's hatred and nastiness and how they were just devaluing these human beings online. It pushed me even further to be like, don't, like, you You need to handle them with love, no matter what, because obviously, you're hurt, something happened, and it wasn't good for you. And it it was traumatizing for you. But like, we have the opportunity now, people that have less obstacles to overcome, or a different story that don't have that extra weight, where they don't see what's going on, right? Like, we have the opportunity to be like, hey, brother, like, you literally were my brother. We have traveled together. Like what's going on? Like it has to be okay to say what's wrong. It has to be okay to say I'm hurting. I'm fucked up. Or it has to be okay to be like, something happened to me when I was younger. And I thought that that was okay. Or I didn't think it was okay. And I didn't have anyone to help me. And now this is why I do this. Some of the some of the things that were called out seem like they were um, traumas from very formative years that that could only be the reason why in such later times uh, it seems so comfortable for them to participate in society that way. And it's important for us and it's healing for us as a survivor to approach these cases with less of the fuck off and less of that and be like, if you want to call them out, okay, but let's get them help. Are they open to help? Right. Mm -hmm. If they're open to help, if they're like, hey, I'm sorry, and you have to be able to read their apology without judgment. You have to be able to read their apology plainly, not with your own problem, your own trauma, your own lenses, reading someone else's words. It's only going to cloud what they're trying to say, If even if it is 100% genuine. Your meter for reading whether it's bullshit or not is going to be clouded because you already want to hate that person for what they've done. So, like, let them apologize and really ask and reach out to them and be like, cool, like, how can I be of service to you so this stops? Um, Which which I did to some. Yeah. Which is all I could do because it mattered to me. Because my community matters to me. I chose to be in wrestling. I didn't have to be. It wasn't, it wasn't the only dream I had, but it was a big dream that I really wanted to see through. And once I was in here, I fell in love with the people's passion for it. I love wrestling, but my love came from my brothers and sisters loving it. I watched the sacrifices that they make, the people sitting next to me strapping up their boots, talking about their children. I watched all that and fell in love with them. So my love is for the community in the locker room. Like, how that ripples to the fans, that's all very important. So what's important to me now is that the guy that's causing right, issues with other people or he's hurt other people, that he stops hurting. Because I really meant it when I said that I loved you. Love should truly know no bounds. Mm-hmm. It should truly weather those storms. What, what good is our friendship or our, our trust and loyalty that we're taught to have from the get? I put my life in your hands out there in the ring like I trust you to not kill me that should build some sort of bond so that when they or us when we inevitably fuck up please grab my hand and take me somewhere where I can get help so like there's tons of organizations there's tons of therapists and and professionals out there and that's not to say that we need to be those professionals but it's like hey like you good let's talk about it you know what I think would help like here's a number to somebody Call them. Here's a rehabilitation center. Let's see if that would work for you. Like, let them have the option and the opportunity for redemption, because then that cycle stops. That person gets to live a whole new life they might have never thought they would have. And the people that might not even know that were affected by it. Right. Because sometimes as a survivor, when something happens to you, you're like, I don't even know what would make me feel better. I don't. I've talked to a lot of girls where they're like, I don't know.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And like when I was 21, I I didn't know. But all I knew is that I didn't want to hurt myself more by hating that person. Mm. That takes away from my light. So I wanted to just I wanted them to stop their pattern. And I thought if we approach it that way, if we work within our community to be like they're here, that's what they do. They shouldn't wrestle live. Obviously, there's no right. They need time away from that but we can take them and keep them in the community and help them get better should they be willing, if they're open to it. Want? Otherwise, who's standing next to you when it's your turn?
0: Yeah, because, I mean, first of all, what you said was brilliant. Thank you for sharing. Um, and also, yeah, like, inevitably, when we make a mistake, you, me, anyone who's deemed, like, a good person, which is, like, weird because, like, To be called a good person is like such a, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's very odd because it's like the whole, it's like another like weird, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like another man-made thing, like, like fame. Like, it's it's all just like this odd construct of things that we've like, you're just like a person and you either do good stuff or you don't do good stuff, but like, you don't need to be applauded for like being like a decent guy or a decent girl or whatever. It's like, I don't know. Um, but anyways, um, I, what was I going to say? My train of thought. Um,
1: happens to me all the time. (laughs) Yeah. yeah,
0: Um, Oh yeah. I was going to say about forgiveness. So like the, the idea of forgiveness, like what your take is like, I, I perceive it as it being more for me than like for the other person. And I think that goes a long way with like things that have happened to you that are traumatic and painful and holding grudges. Like that's all just like poison in your body. So like forgiving someone really is like the idea that okay, I, I maybe I don't want to mend a relationship with them. Maybe I want to keep them at a distance. I still have love for them, but I forgive them. And that's a relationship. Like a relationship can still be I love you and I'm here for you and I care for you, but like we can't be the same as we once were because that is not good for me. And those are like boundaries, but all that stuff is like super difficult, you know? It doesn't like just you don't just like hear these stories online and then the next day you're like, all right, here's what I've done, everything's perfect now and I've created boundaries and I've forgiven them and it's here we go. It's like, oh, it takes a lot of time and granted, it's only been about eight weeks and all this stuff kind of folded out and came into play, which is like still a small frame, small window of time in terms of like really leading to change or getting help or kind of coming to terms with what you you went through and like really talking to yourself about it and talking to others about it. So it's a whole process and we, I think we got to keep that in mind when we're dealing with the situation.
1: Right. It's kind of why I've been vocal about killing the cancel culture, because that's just not how life works. You can't just cancel someone and then they're like, they don't wake up the next day. And also that wouldn't be good for you. Like it, it, it is not healthy and it's not a real true way of existing. We're given this gift on purpose. We're given this gift of a reality of life of a body all to learn and how to manage and how to truly accept each other and accepting someone for who they really are. Doesn't even happen. it doesn't happen often in relationships. So many break up because they're like, they want this ideal, but the ideal relationship is truly accepting someone as they are completely working mm-hmm. together, those bonds. That's what love is like when you're like a kid. And I don't know if you remember like your first best friend, your first crush, when you're little and there's friendship bracelets and things mean things like, you know, you have a spot you have your lunch at, you play this video game together. If you did a level without me, I would be so hurt because that meant like you did it without me, but that was our thing. Those things, those fundamentals are what really love is. When you get older, that magic still has to continue. And that magic can spread to things like this because if you preserve what that is, the idea of that, and you know that we're all here to connect, it's really important that whatever that adult thing is that we put over ourselves, right? Where we have to lose things that we're, we are as a child. It's like, but then you don't forgive yourself and you don't forgive that person and everything just fades away and we get more distant as we get older. But the point of being here is to connect.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I needed to forgive myself because you're hard on yourself saying, I put myself in that situation, right? Because a lot of times when you don't believe, you know, somebody that's speaking out, right? As somebody that's coming out with a story, it's like, well, you were dressed that way. So, or you were blah, 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 or you shouldn't have been there. All those things that people say, we're already telling ourselves that. We've already struggled through all of those mental obstacles and have come out with just enough energy sometimes to like say it and be strong enough to like tell people hey this happened and it's not okay so it's like that's a process that I think people need to be open to it was easier for me to forgive that person than to forgive myself because I could see I could see that I could see like yo they're hurting like like they need somebody and they didn't have somebody but also look inside yourself and maybe that's why people are being so vicious where they just see a fleck of themselves in these people in mm-hmm. these canceled people and they're so much harder on themselves than they are on the person that did it that they just focus all that hatred on them and really just that just comes back on you and and not in a, in a selfish way when i'm saying like you know act with empathy and love but it also will make your life brighter and it will make it, things easier for you to like manage and work through your trauma so that you you could have a fulfilling relationship you shouldn't have all that weight on you and all that negativity on you if you're trying to then have a life because you don't want that person in your life don't spend your energy then putting them down spend that energy trying to stop the cycle make sure they get help but then like enriching and forgiving yourself so that you could live the life you really want to live without making your life about hating someone else like that's, that's not really what life is about, is it?
0: It's about love and connection and memories and experiences, you know?
1: Love is the best thing we do.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and love is, love doesn't have to be with another person, right? Love can be about ourselves or the things that we do or yeah, uh, just watching your life like nourish and grow, that's love, you know, watching your friends and all these things are, you know, there's so many different versions and whatever fits your life, then that's beautiful. And you should do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It should be okay. Like, you know, all this ties into mental health, right? We, mm-hmm. we throw ourselves on the floor on purpose. I was just telling you how I want to get thrown off a pier. Like We, <laughs> <laughs> we accrue like concussions and injuries and we don't stop and we don't rest. And yet, right? We've seen documentaries, and we've seen stories, and we've experienced people that we've lost based on these injuries. Yet, for some reason, it's only okay to say, go to the gym and eat, right? And it's still taboo to say, maybe these people that are committing transgressions, that are not acting the way they should in relationships, or whatever's going on with them, or these things, do you think it has something to do with mental health? Like, we could talk about trauma, but These people have accrued concussions and not rested, you know, that causes depression. There's so many side effects to a concussion, depending on where it hits you in the head, like what part is bruised, how long, how like, so there's so much, there's there's a wide variety of what that can permeate through and come out in your life and how that'll like infiltrate your life. We should really step further away from being vicious because we don't know why that person is doing that like it could very well be an experience they had that caused that trauma it could also be that plus hitting their head a bunch and they they're not aware of how their personality has changed they're not aware of how they're acting with people they don't think it's wrong or they just need somebody to reach a hand and like pull them up out of the well like depression can change an entire person's experience if they don't just like have that person to take them out for a second and show them that there's sunlight we should be a little forgiving with that considering we do it sometimes for zero money for everyone mm-hmm. we do it because we love performing we do it because we want to wrestle each other we do it for the fans though we go out there and perform to provide an entertainment and then to see these to see a lot of fans Maybe they haven't even seen matches of these people, but to basically bully them online and wish them dead or tell them to stop existing. Like, didn't we already experience someone's loss from suicide this very year, the same year? Mm -hmm. Like, and that person wasn't spoken out about at all. So you think that's not going to have an effect on these people that already feel terrible for what they've done they tell them to stop existing like but they just they just wrestle for an hour for you for probably 30 bucks right like because we don't really make much like we're here putting our lives on the line for you isn't it okay to take two seconds and be like let's call somebody let's let's see what's going on up there in your brain let's make sure Mm -hmm. everything's okay yeah yeah I'm still going to do stupid bumps, so I hope if I do something dumb that somebody's there and they're like, yo, Solo, like, maybe don't. (laughs) Like, yo, like, here, like, let's take a second. Because I I would do that for anybody that I'd see taking a stupid bump and then acting out. It's very okay. It shouldn't be taboo to then, like, talk to people that are canceled to try and see what's up when we're just trying to help. Because in the long run, it's for everyone around us. You know, I think there's a difference with um, that was really big too in conversation, um, explaining and understanding somebody versus defending them, as mm-hmm. if they're making excuses for their transgressions. Yeah, that's a really big one. I think that 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 might need to change first, right? Where it's like, hey, I'm trying to help that person. You're defending them. It's like, no, no, no. I'm I'm trying to understand it so it stops. But I feel like that's a big split
0: it is yes very much so um yeah we uh i i I mean on another note i think that's how we me and you got connected on online was because of the tweets that i was putting out and some of the same stuff that you were talking about i was talking about and uh like cancel culture is ridiculous like you're just trying to exit someone out of a community or just their life in general like you see things like drink, go drink bleach, or like, I just like, I know that person saying that doesn't actually want that to happen. I do believe that. Like, I know that yeah. if they woke up the next morning and they found out that the person they said that to actually did that, they would be, they'd be heartbroken. I, I do believe that. I do believe the intention is not actually death. I do believe that. But yeah. like, but like you're making a rash, bold mistake just like this other person was, maybe their mistake was at a higher degree, obviously it was, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're still making a mistake, which is totally okay and normal and human. We've all said stuff online that's messed up, you know, when words that we don't use now are inappropriate, wrong, and terrible. Now we did use them back in the day, whether we said it in our personal life or on Twitter, it's the same thing. Totally. in, In my personal life, no one was recording me say it, but I still said these words that are like, not good, but it was like, I, mean, I wouldn't say it was normal, but it was just like, it just happened, right? We were yep. just using these words, and I'm watching movies from 10 years ago where people are saying the F word, not fuck. Yep, you know?
1: yeah, hard F. That,
0: that word is fine, <laughs> but like,
2: yeah.
0: and so we've all done these things, but there's there's degrees to all these mistakes, right? And And when you're saying that someone deserves forgiveness and love and they still deserve to have a happy life, that doesn't mean you're taking away from them. That means they still should have repercussions for their actions. They still should, you know, be exited out of the community to focus on themselves, to stay off social media, to maybe lose their job, whatever the repercussion is, go to prison. Like that's a repercussion for your action. But even in that kind of system, there should still be accountability. There should still be the ability to help themselves get better. And then whenever they come out from it, live a life that's full of love and get a job and all these things that are important for the human existence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but obviously what you said was like super profound and really brilliant. So I want to know uh, like what kind of background you have, like obviously you didn't just like come up with that out of thin air. you like done some stuff and educated, <laughs> educated yourself and like had a background in, in this kind of mental health field. So
1: my, um, a lot of my experience is hands on up until I guess it'll start next week when I start school. Um, My father is an alcoholic,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: has been my whole life. I watched my mom work hard enough for four parents so that I wouldn't feel uh, a lack thereof. And uh, I went through every emotion you could have read online, right? Where it's like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with him? What did I do? Right. There's a whole and there's like all of those little things that trickle down into like a relationship a daughter has with her father that's unavailable. And I just grew up really fast as a kid. And my mom is probably literally the smartest person I know. She's brilliant. Um, She always, always taught me empathy first. And that's all I knew for a long time. Uh, when I was a kid, it would always be if there was somebody getting bullied, I'd beat up the bully to just sit with the kid that didn't have friends. But they did because I was their friend because, like, I felt it was totally unnecessary and nobody even knows this person. And, like, just because he's overweight or something because kids are cruel, it's like I didn't know. And pff, a lot of the times we had nothing in common, me and these these kids, but, like, we would just hang out anyway. I... Uh, I know what it's like to be alone. I know what it's like to feel so alone that I never wanted anyone to feel that way. And then I started to get into wrestling, right? Like you grow up and you have an in and out relationship with your dad, but you, you circle yourselves around wrestlers, right? So like, what are wrestlers though? We hurt ourselves without recovery. Addiction is rampant, much like any entertainment field. Right, it's mm-hmm. not like exclusive to wrestling. It's enter- entertainment fields in general. Right. Pick your po- yeah. pick your poison, and even if it's not uh, something that's less socially acceptable, right? Um, addiction to work, addiction to right. So addictive personalities and behaviors kind of became relevant and like upfront. Rather than in my subconscious as I got older and I started to realize the patterns I had with my relationships. Um, And I analyze everything. So no matter what that is, whatever relationship I have, I always wanted to be like the perfect partner. My first dream when I was little, the one that's unattainable, is I wanted to find my best friend as early as possible. Because I wanted to have as much time with my soulmate on this earth as I could. I was afraid I wouldn't get enough time to make memories. So I figured I would get my career. That felt easy to me as a child and growing up because I was like, I'm smart, I'm fine, which is insane that, you you know, that you just felt like I would work hard and I know I'm going to work hard. But finding somebody to share your life with, that can be overwhelming. Like, I I must find them now. I want to know everything. I want to know what they were like. I want to know what their favorite sandwich is when they're a teenager. Like, I wanted all those things. Like, nothing was, like, of... Utmost importance as to like finding that person. Um, so, some might say that that's serial monogamy once you're uh, dating a lot, when you can date and you start to go from relationship to relationship, but you only learn that when you're in your 30s and you start to dive into psychology. So, <laughs> I uh, studied for a dual degree in chemistry and sports medicine that I left before completing um, six credits away to do wrestling. And speaking out happened, and I realized. That, that dream never went away and I love people. And there's nothing more magnificent than what we are as a whole, like living beings together. And seeing my home get set on fire, I have no training facility, yeah. um, and, and I, I loved Mike. Mike was a very good boyfriend. Just for training.
0: people listening and not yeah. actually, they didn't actually get set on fire.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not not actual fire. Uh, metaphorical fire.
0: Yeah. 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 For people who, who aren't wrestling fans. Who
1: aren't wrestling fans. Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, he was, he was very good. And, like, he was very genuine. And seeing him get ripped apart really hurt. Because I know that regardless of us not being right together, or that relationship working, we remain friends. And we work through that because we're very important to each other. And he's helped me out a lot just in general in life. I feel like I've done the same. And I realized it was in front of me. So I bought a bunch of reading materials on cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm going to start digging into the history of empathy because that's really been the shape of my life when I had time in quarantine to observe what was really important to me or what did I prioritize all these times? You know, you could say, oh, I did this or I was good at this in a relationship or man, I should have done this better. But when you really analyze it, you know, there's a healthy way to put other people first. And I don't want my community my community, when I can't wrestle to suffer this again. And no matter that I did start wrestling and I accrued a very serious trauma up in the beginning of it, where I was within my first two years of wrestling when I was raped. And I didn't want that to happen to anyone else, so I stayed. Right, like, like so that that pinpoint of a Batman story, I suppose, kind of magnified when I heard speaking out and heard all the various degrees of stories of that happening everywhere. And I saw people taking that, taking advantage of that, and saw fans that we've worked so hard for turning so quickly. Loyalty is not out of style, and loyalty isn't making excuses, loyalty isn't negative. Loyalty means that you will be there for that person. Like, if the ship is sinking, you help them because that's in our nature. And it might be the harder thing to do, but you have to because that's what we are at the end of the day. And you don't know, grabbing that person's hand and pulling them out, what that could give them. To me, there's, there's nothing greater than that. What my life is will be the memories I make with people. My life is others' lives, right? It's, it's all one. I have my own and I am happy within myself, but I wanted to make sure I could do that. So I've returned to school where I'm going to study for a master's in applied positive psychology to further this because I I want to bring that back to the business. It's okay to go to the gym. Everyone has seminars on how to work out. It's okay to eat right. Everyone tells each other all these diets and how many people try veganism or vegetarian or gluten free In style. It's cool to talk about what you put in your body, but how come nobody's talking about what you're feeling in your body and how that affects you? Because how you feel is how you react to people. How you react to people is a chain reaction. And that's really like the whole entire experience of what we do. You could eat right or not eat right. You can go to the gym or you cannot not go to the gym. But if your heart's in the right place, everything else falls into place. If you have your mind right and you're feeling healthier than you were before, maybe you won't make certain choices. Maybe you'll be able to do what you want to do and act how you want to act or have relationships that you want to have. And I think that's that love for people. I finally found a way to channel that properly and put words to it. It took me a bit of time. but Um, I want to have my own practice for wrestlers eventually. I want to take out all the steps. How many of us don't go to a doctor's because you have to call, make an appointment or like you have to find someone in your network or you don't have insurance? How many of us don't have insurance? It's incredible. It's like it's being a stunt worker without insurance. Mm -hmm. So, and no one's going to stop, especially now that we're all kind of like, a lot of us have families or a lot of us, have a million animals and we don't take that time to like you know go call somebody I want to take out all the steps I want to make it easy and I want to be like inside the nucleus with it where by word of mouth we can help each other maybe teach others how to be better allies so that maybe it's not me they come to but someone I've trained or someone that works with me is in a locker room and then that person can hear someone go I'm not okay and that that's not a bad thing to say.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's really all about us people as friends being a bridge to help. Yeah. Knowing that there's resources available and accessible and that someone is there that cares. Right. Um, So yeah, I fucking love what you're going to do. It's going to be amazing and you're going to be wildly successful at it and you're going to change the world. Um, and if I can, if I can help, or if you are loved can help in any way, we would love to. And I say, we, I mean, it's me because I'm the only person who works for that company.
1: (laughs) I would love to, I was thinking about it too, because I like, as soon as I can get that, I can get certified in cognitive behavioral therapy and have like people work together and we can all kind of like run groups or we can make it open and not taboo. Even if we kept it like private anonymous, right. Where like, we don't have to tweet about it. Mm -mm. that workers are coming you know like but amongst each other to protect the community it was very easy for people to write a code of ethics but that doesn't change the person the person's just not going to say that they have a problem right so and I've I've been affected by addiction in all my relationships and depression bipolar disorder and all of these things where I, I don't have them but I I love that person that has it and I want them to feel better and you just do crazy things for love. Mm -hmm. And like I spent, you know, so many years in a, in a very big relationship in a very deep, important relationship that really kind of like pointed out, like I would do anything for him. And what I have to do is break up with him because he has to get better. And that was like the hardest thing I ever had to do in my twenties. But if I can do this and help other people that might be in my position or his position, and then they don't feel like they have to go out to some outlandish whatever their insurance card recommended or blah, 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 or look on a website. That's so daunting. Have you ever tried to find a healthcare provider on a yeah. website? Yes. Oh, my. I, I can't. I just look at it for three seconds and I'm like, I'm out. Goodbye, everyone. So it's like I just want to take all of that. And just see what we can do and hopefully get a network of us where it's like we all know the schedule new kids coming in can come work make a little bit learn how to kind of be in the community and i think that ripple effect maybe we won't have another speaking out or they can just get sent to us Mm -hmm. have a place where it's like they feel they're not okay and they're okay to go to the promoter because that promoter has our number and then it's like, cool, let's stop this right now. Don't worry about shows. We're going to get you taken care of. Just handle that person with love. I think, I think we can make some changes.
0: I, I uh, couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. Because I, I, get a, I get a lot of messages every day about people, um, just like, you know, their mental health concerns, like things they're struggling with. Um, and I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a person who deeply cares, who's experienced the worst part of mental health in their own personal life and the the what, what happens when you reach your darkest point and you feel like there's no return, right? So I I've, I've seen that, you know, I that's why I care so much, right? And so for me, I'm I'm kind of working tirelessly to make sure that you are loved is connected to specific therapist so that it's easy I, okay i have you're this person i have this person done there's nothing else you need to do like and yeah I, and then the 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 company that you are loved is pays the therapist because the, obviously the therapist needs to get paid as their job right but the yeah. person who needs it has to not worry about shit. all they have to do is either pick up their phone or go to an office or whatever the case may be and so that's the that's the hard part, right? Because yeah. sometimes we do know we're struggling, but it's very hard to know where to go. Okay, I have to go on the internet, I have to type in my zip code, and I have to look through what insurance might be available, right? And that's hard if you're fucking in a really bad place mentally. Oh my god. That's terribly difficult. It's almost just as difficult as telling a friend that you feel like absolute garbage. Yeah. And so these these uh obstacles are difficult, and if we can kind of Like they're not going to be totally erased, right? Because you have to have a lot of funds to like, which is possible. We can make a lot of funds. Like you make a nonprofit, you get grants, you have donors. Like these things are possible, but it just takes time, right? But having the idea and putting that out in the universe, I think is very important because, you know, all that spirituality stuff I'm I'm super into. So I think it'll flow back to you and especially you. And, you know, so I think it's, I think it's great. I think we're going to do a lot of good stuff together. I'm glad we got connected and I think it's great.
1: Yeah. Likewise. I'm excited for that. I, like we're definitely gonna do stuff. it's gonna be dope.
0: yeah um, <laughs> speaking about that are you are you a uh, are you a spiritual or religious person at all or both or one or the other or none?
1: A very spiritual person i uh, I just believe in general that like after growing up in a very religious house um, that a religion is just everyone trying to say the same thing in different languages. so I, I don't have like a specific one I'm like and then, Jesus like (laughs) Jesus was dope and he was alive and he said cool stuff and I'm down with that but our spirituality that we can that we can like do now like we can focus on that now I think meditating is very important oh I Um, was about to
0: ask you that yeah
1: meditating super important um I, I I've definitely like when I was a kid I used to be able to like hear and see or operate in like more than just, like, the reality, feel that different energy amongst people. Um, and I, I got away from it for a while, like, because it was very overwhelming. And uh, all I had to do was just, like, start praying and meditating again to get back that kind of, like, vibe where you could just... Sometimes I feel people, and I don't know who it is, you know? Like, I was taking a shower the other day, and all of a sudden I got chest pain. And I was like, ugh. And I had to think about, like, okay... Who can I message that I think this might belong to? Um, and I don't know if that's like a strange thing, but I've always kind of been that way, especially when I get very close to people, I can
2: mm-hmm.
1: feel what's going on with them. But uh, but that's what we are our consciousness, experiencing our consciousness. And we're all energy that's connected.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's kind of amazing. Like <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's not kind of amazing. It's like, it's really, it's really quite incredible.
1: (laughs) Right. Right.
0: But it, I mean, it takes time to like, kind of realize that. And like, I've been on this like meditation journey for maybe like six months now. And like, I've got to a point where like 20 minutes every morning for me, I feel good. Like, but at first it was like five minutes was like, this is terrible. Like, why am I just sitting here trying to breathe? my thoughts yeah. are my thoughts are dumb i've got like so much shit to do today like what am i doing now i'm like oh, okay this feels nice like i gotta talk to myself in like a nice way i write yeah. some stuff down in my journal and then like i meditate for 20 minutes and it's like my brain feels clear and then i have a nice cup of coffee and it's like just feels like i'm putting myself in like a position to have a great day even if like a lot of bad stuff happens which is i have no control over but I, I still feel like internally, like I can handle it because I'm at like this place of like, but like I've, I've kind of figured it out, you know? Well, I haven't figured it out, but I'm in like a journey of figuring it out. Right, but,
1: right, right. It feels yeah. like it's, it's, it feels like a good step. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. used to do power yoga when that was like when we were able to be in public with people. And like <laughs> <laughs> having power yoga was such a game changer because like they lower the temperature to a hot yoga room a little bit and they keep a higher pace rather than a slower yoga, which is good for us that are used to wrestling pace. So it would keep, it would kind of like keep me focused and there's no time for my mind to wander. But Mm. the whole time you have an instructor giving you positive mantras and like telling you a story and they'll tell you a story in their real life and how that relates to this. So it like refocuses you and like, they're always good about instructing like, okay. And then like, If your thoughts are wandering right now, let's go back to down dog. Like, let's think, let's refocus, bring your energy back here, be in the moment here. And I think all of that's so important because it's so easy for our minds to wander and spiral. And then trying to get yourself back sometimes is like a whole day's worth of work, especially if stuff's coming at you. So having a really good way to come back to yourself right because you can't be like i'm never my mind's never gonna wander it's like no please please but if you have a way to get back and you strengthen that and you applaud yourself for that Mm. how how you talk to yourself matters how you talk to yourself matters then i think everything just kind of flows better because you could see yourself going you can be like let's bring it on back to this moment because this moment is really good right now let's be here right now Mm. Think it's really important to have that bond with yourself as closely as possible. So even if you're not in the driver's seat, you're in the driver's seat.
0: Wow! Yes, incredible. You're you're great. You're amazing. I could listen. To you, I could probably listen to you talk all day.
1: <laughs> you too. It's really great talking with you. Yeah. So can you just really can good. you?
0: Thank you. Could you just send me like voice memos when you have like a deep thought? And <laughs> like listen to that shit.
1: Of course. Of I course. Ask-
0: I asked Jimmy Jacobs when he was on the show to do the same thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, him and I have been on some, like, really good trips. Like, we've, like, we've really gone through some journeys together. So, yeah. like, it's good to see him be so alive.
0: I love it. I, I, I've been on a few shows with him before we had, like, a nice conversation on this show. And, uh, yeah, he's I liked him. I like him a lot. He's super cool. And he did a UR Love video for me, which, like, obviously he didn't have to at all. And and it was, like, super brilliant, and, like, people got so much out of it, like. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if you messaged him about me or someone did, but someone someone said something to him and, yeah. like, about it, and I feel some type of way about that because that's amazing, and thank you.
1: Yeah, I did. I do talk to him often, and um, and I know he's working on being human just like we all are, but I know it's important to him, so when I've seen your stuff and, you know, I, Cause like I know you, but I was I was like nudged towards you by a friend, and then I was like, oh yeah, and then I saw each other like this needs a signal boost, this needs a boost, and then I was talking to Jimmy, and I was like, yo, but like, do you know? Like, do you know? Cause that's how we always talk about things. Or like, like, do you even know about water? Cause water feels good. <laughs> so I was like, do you know about Jackson Stone though? And then. It, it worked out really good and i was like that's dope and he had mentioned you guys doing stuff and i was like yo i'm just letting you know if you two are trying to do stuff like i like doing stuff so if we were, <laughs> if we were all trying to do stuff like just let me know where and i'll show up because like we should
0: we should all do some stuff
1: yeah originally when it all popped off too and i was like immediately trying to think of groups to have to like counsel just to like be there for people to share their stories without twitter because that was my first thing before school became an option i had messaged him to be like a male voice with his experience Mm. because his experience and his journey is crucial It's it's a perspective i don't have but like we yin yang with i have the opposite experience right like on the other side of things I had asked if he'd work with me and I know he was down, but I was like, I don't know how that's going to happen yet. And like now at school, I'm like, okay, I'll see you in a couple of years when I can do stuff with a paper. So, but yeah, I think yeah. we should all do stuff.
0: <laughs> yes, For absolutely. Sure. Yes. Beautiful. Um, I want to ask you one, one thing before we go sure. well, before we go, but maybe before we wrap it up. Um, so there's a lot of talk about positivity and toxic positivity and optimism and like all these things, right? Cause they're all combined. They're all about like this, like kind of the same vein. So what's your who, what do you view as like a positive, optimistic person?
1: Uh, I think being positive and optimistic is not ignoring the situation, but it's seeing what can be done with whatever's in front of you, right? I don't know about toxic positivity in a sense of we're we're in such a lack of empathy and positivity within each other that it's really hard for me to think positivity is toxic. I think the generations that have come that don't have as much stamina as we do, that has been shown, there's no stamina amongst each other for love, right? It's like, you fucked up, by uh... That Like having the positivity would actually help that because we're not saying your feelings aren't valid. So having everyone go, no, validate my feelings. It's like, yes, we're here to validate your feelings. But now what? The positivity comes in where it's like, everything you're saying is valid. Let's work with it. Let's work with it. Let's view the situation in a good light Because you have the option to look at it either way. I could look at this and just say, it's a bad situation. It's doomed. It's a good situation. It's a bad situation, but we can make good out of it. But I think because there's such a lack of all of it, it's really hard to focus on what that would be like toxic, unless toxic positivity is literally just the same thing as being negative, but they're just being like blind about it. Yeah, it's like they're not paying attention to it. So I think overall, it wouldn't really matter what the situation is put in front of you. You should just kind of be like. If you can, because I know I am a very emotional person and I feel things so deeply and like wildly, right, like emotions for me are wild to approach the situation neutral so that you could do what's in best interest of you and the person that's involved in it. So it's like, hey, I feel this way. What you said really hurt my feelings. Okay. I really want to apologize. Things that I say, I never want them to affect people that way. And I'm so sorry. Your feelings are valid. So let's work on that positive. Like, let's make that good, right? Like, so working people through it so that they feel understood and heard. But at the end, there's a feel-good moment. Even if it's like, this is going to take work. I'm sorry I hurt you this way. I never meant for that to happen. I'm going to work on whatever that is that caused me to say that so that I could find the root of where that comes from for me. I want you to know I'm working on that. So what? how else can I be in service to you to feel heard? Let that person really answer those questions because I don't think people are asking that question. Mm. I asked a couple of people, what would make you feel like you can begin to heal from this. Just a couple survivors, I asked. What would make you feel like you're going to heal? I don't know. Okay, so let's think about that and let's try to make that positive. I think would be a better approach. But I think we should handle that delicately because posting too much about toxic positivity in a negative climate Cancels itself out, and then still nobody is getting the help.
0: Right. So nobody
1: feels hurt anyway. It's just the other end of the spectrum, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, we just have to be on one side, be realistic about what's going on in our life. Yeah. Like if things aren't good, they aren't good, and that's okay. But the idea is that they're going to get better, and you have to keep that light in your head. Yeah. That's what it is for me, at least. Like, I'm like, okay. But sometimes if we're trying to get ourselves, if we're trying to talk to ourselves positively or we're trying to get ourselves out of a negative mind frame, we kind of have to lie to ourselves a little bit. We kind of have to trick ourselves just a little bit to get us out of that really negative mind frame. And now we're just kind of, now we're on this little train of positivity. Now we're in a bit of realistic mindset. Now we can kind of, now we have a little bit more uh, clarity so we can kind of figure out, okay, here's the steps I can do. Here's how I heal but you kind of have to, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. The brain and the mind is all very complex. And, like, you kind of have to figure out what works for you and, and what kind of stuff it is. But, yeah, like, I don't know. I just having a realistic view of what's in front of you, but also knowing better days are ahead. Light is the end of the tunnel, you know. Sun yeah. is always shining behind the clouds. You know, whatever kind of thing you want to say about it. But I think that's important.
1: And I don't think, I, I like, I, I feel like maybe this came from, like, People acknowledging how maybe their parents were right, yeah. like, "Hey, you know what? Focus on the good. Don't focus on the bad." Right? Like, uh, being a parent is hard, and I don't. I think that a lot of that was misinterpretation. When you, when you can, when you are able to put yourself in your parents' shoes for real, and take away that they're your parents, but look at them as a man, a woman. Look at them as who they are. the, the things they had to go through and the responsibility of trying to raise that child to be the best they can be for and give them whatever they need to be successful and feel fulfilled like having your child hurt or feel pain that's there's no greater pain for a parent i've asked i've talked to my mom endless and, tried, and just talked to her as a woman because she is just incredible and the things that she's overcome and the things that she's achieved in her life like i need to know more about that strength like i want to know what her mind was going through i want to know all that as much time as i have left with her i want all of it and i want to know what that's like from a woman's standpoint to go through that so when parents say that i think there's a misinterpretation because we don't look at our parents like they're people We just look at them like their mom and dad, you know, like whatever. They're just saying shit. They're not listening to me, but they are, they hear you, right? Like, but they're trying to tell you it's okay that what you're going through right now sucks without saying it, right? That whole focus on the good, not the bad, like, okay, acknowledge it. But now that you've acknowledged it, you know what you have to work on. Think about the good in your life because That's the train that's gonna pull you up enough to get you to work on that bad stuff. Not to not work on that bad stuff or not to be able to say it's it's not okay. Like you could say it's not okay. That's okay. It's cool, but don't wallow in it because you'll Mm. never get anything done. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between acknowledging and working towards something positive and productive, and then just going, but I said it wasn't okay and I wanna just like rot in this forever. It's like you can't, you'll you'll never get anything done that way. And I think that phrase comes from that originally. So I think that toxic positivity comes from a line of misunderstanding of people brushing it or people incapable of supporting you in the way you need. So they are telling you, please focus on the good cause I'm your friend and I don't wanna see you hurt and I don't know how to handle this and I don't know how to support you. So they don't want you to feel the bad but they're not trying to invalidate your feelings. We're just more sensitive thinking that everyone's ready to invalidate our feelings. So we come at it from a defensive standpoint mm. rather than being like, you know what? Today, kind of crappy, but that's all right. I'm going to just, like, ride this train out, and then I'll deal with that when I, like, have four cups of coffee in me. It's going to be good. Just got to get there.
0: Just got to get there. Got to get there. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> super good. Super good. Super Uh, informative and well spoken and well said and lovely and yes
1: thank you yeah I can talk Um, to (laughs) you
0: yeah yeah I'm sure we will do more of these maybe not uh, recorded for a podcast but just in general having conversation
2: yeah
0: Um, but uh, is there anything you want to uh, plug talk about post or post uh, yeah anything else closing thoughts I know you have a Patreon I don't know if you want to put that over
1: I do. My Patreon has everything. I break fourth wall on there. I offer, I mean, no one's taking me up on it. I offer Zoom calls. Um, I'm at your disposal in general. Like if you're having a day or you need to talk about something, all my creative writing is up there. I post a lot about all of these topics in depth. And as I learn material, I share everything on my Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash darling. If anyone wants to reach me the fastest way is probably on Instagram, which is at Regulation Solo Darling. And I let everyone know, you know, if if they're having any kind of day, it doesn't matter what our level of friendship or acquaintance level is. Or you're a fan that saw me once or you haven't watched any of my wrestling. If you're having a day and you can't reach your people or you don't have people yet or wherever you are in life, reach me first. Like if you need anything ever, I'm always there. Um, don't ever feel like you have to go through something alone. And even if it's just I direct you in the right direction to somebody that's better equipped, I'll absolutely be there. And we're we're here for you no matter what.
0: Mm. Yes. Um, for my viewers, uh, probably heard me say that a lot. Um, and so I say that solo is just as safe and just as secure as talking to me. So if you feel like you're sick and tired of messaging me. <laughs> uh message her and get a different perspective but also on the same wave and kind of on the same vibe which is nice and and safe and, and beautiful. Um but uh once again yeah thank you for doing this with me. Um thank you. Uh I'm glad we're getting to know each other better. Um it's really yeah. nice. Uh especially in a time where we seem to like not be connecting as well with other people.
1: Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but I feel like I'm connecting more with like people that I've never connected with before. And I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, I just want other people to feel that same way. So but again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was this was lovely. Thanks.
0: <laughs> I, say, I, I say that word a lot. Do you think I say that? I don't know. We've only had an hour and a half conversation, but I do say the word lovely a lot.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's wonderful. I. Yeah. I miss Europe, so it's nice to hear it.
0: Yes, they do say that there, yeah. I like it there, too. Very Um,
1: charming. Good.
0: It is. (laughs) Uh, um, But, yeah, um, anyone who watched, I appreciate you watching. Thank you. Uh, Subscribe, view, like, comment, tell a friend, share share with a friend, tell a neighbor. I don't know. But uh, thanks for being part of this community. And, uh, yeah, one love.
1: One love.